Hey everybody, welcome to our guest segment here on The Common Sense Show. And as you know, we are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. My name is Dave Hodges, I'm the host, and we're really glad to be with you. We have a terrific guest in our guest segment today, Sarah Westall, and she's been all over the place talking about important issues like the virus and politics, and we're going to compare notes between two talk show hosts about what's really going on and I did this uh, this morning. It's interesting enough, I was on Paul Preston's show, Agenda 21 Radio. We did the same thing. And I'll tell you, it's amazing how we can all come to the same conclusions using different sources. And I have a feeling that's what's going to happen here with Sarah and myself. But before we join Sarah, I need to let you know that there are three entities for this hour that keep the lights on. One is our sponsor, main sponsor, Noble Gold. And why Noble Gold? Why do we go with gold? Because do you trust your bank? <laughs> if you knew what happened to my mom's side of the family when she was a child, you'd never trust the banks. And they're failing their stress tests. They're all hoarding gold. Well, you should too. And you know the golden rule. He who has the gold will rule. And coming out the other side of any crisis, whether we have a civil war, a virus pandemic, whatever sweeps through America, you know, coming out the other side, cash is not going to be your friend. Gold and gold-backed investments will be. They'll convert your IRAs to gold-backed IRAs. They can do just about anything to ensure the safety of your assets. How do you get a hold of Noble Gold for a no-pressure interview? Give them a call, 877-646-5347, 877-646-5347. We're also brought to you by MPS, and that's our food supplier. And where most food suppliers now are taking advantage of an anticipated crisis with the virus and they're raising their prices, these guys went the other way. And this is why I represent them, because they're fair, they care about the public, and they're not price gouging you. They have lowered their prices 40%. Now, they also have told me, Dave, we can meet demand right now, but the way demand is going, no one may be able to meet demand much longer. So I would really encourage you to act quickly. And restaurant quality food, 25-year shelf life. Go to preparewithdave.com. That's preparewithdave.com. The only drawback right now I'm hearing from them is the two-day guaranteed delivery might be three or four days. And that's the only place they're having trouble now. But I would get this done now because... We're hearing, and I had a conversation with a senior federal law enforcement agent this morning, as well as someone with the CDC. They are discussing home confinements for quarantines, and that information will be decided upon by February 13th. So food and water is what you're going to really need. And speaking of water, you won't have trouble finding standing water in most cases, but will you be able to drink it? Well, probably not. Well, we have the best water filtration system, too, made by the same people, MPS, AquaPure Pro Filter. And the research is right there on the website. It shows you how good it is compared to the competition. No anecdotal testimonies here. Straight research. And you know I'm a researcher by trade at the university level where I used to oversee dissertations. And I'm telling you, this is really good research. This product could save lives. How do you get them? Waterwithdave.com. So we have the food. We have the water. Greatly discounted by the same company. This is why I choose to represent them. All right, Sarah Westall is a really well-known broadcaster. She's crossed my path, you know, from my observations many, many times. And many of my um, listeners and viewers on YouTube have said, are you aware of Sarah? And I said, well, yes, I am. And she does really good work. And um, she also is the victim of a lot of censorship, as yours truly is. So if you tell the truth, well, you know, let's put it this way. I've always said... Whatever the establishment doesn't want you to know is what they're going to censor. 
and we're going to talk about those censorship items today. Sarah, welcome to the show. I'm really glad you could join us. Well, thank you so much, Dave. I really appreciate it. Well, um, I, I wonder if we're going to find anything to talk about. Uh, <laughs> I just... Oh, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sleeping three and four hours a night now. I, I you know, between having uh, 2 a.m. conversations with Ukraine people, and it's just, it's crazy, and I'm sure you're going through the same thing. Uh, I would assume number one on your list is the virus. Yeah, I, you know, I've been covering the virus quite a bit. If you go to my website, sarahwestell.com, you'll see I post a lot of news stories as well. I would say about half of my stuff is the virus right now because it really is a serious issue. It's pretty, I, we're, we're going to see a lot of deaths and it's really sad. Before we delve into this and how bad it could get, did you see what I and others wrote back in July about the defense minister of China, Wei Fang, and the leaked transcript of his speech basically saying they were going to use uh, race-specific bioweapons that they developed with the Israelis to unleash on America so they could take American resources down the road? I did not see that. I, will, I, I am not surprised. I had you. somebody send me. I'd like to see that. I had somebody send me an article that the United States developed this. They did. And I, and I started did. doing some inquiries into how they do that and how that's possible. Because I'm not, I want to see... Um, the biomarkers on this is showing that it's attacking immunities from the scientists that I'm talking to. So I'm not sure yet if it's just immunity based or if, I mean, how they, how they would have done it with this virus. There's a lot of unknowns right now with the, the virologists that I talk to tell me that this thing is self-replicating. In other words, the mutations are uh, seem to be ongoing and they really can't put a finger on how many times it's going to replicate. I've read four times, seven times, 15 times before someone's symptomatic, and no one really knows, and that really makes it scary. But back to these bio um, weapons that are race-specific, um, I was told about this by someone in FEMA who was in counter-bioterrorism, and he went into hiding with like-minded people because he said, Dave, this is coming. If they can't get America under control with populism, there you're we're going to be attacked and he said one i want to get out of the way and two he said i think i could be killed for what i know so they can have plausible deniability so he bugged out with like-minded people in 2012 and this is a guy who i knew for 15 years a guy i socialized with a lot and this is the first i'd heard about these uh, race specific bioweapons and then here came we fang speech you know from the communist party in july and i did a five-part series i'll send you the links to him uh, but I think this is ultimately what we're looking at. I don't think we're seeing the kill shot right now, but I think the kill shot could be coming. Can I ask you what, because when I was talking to different scientists, I was thinking, how would you actually do that? You know, I'm, a, I'm an engineer by trade and science, computer science and everything else. And so I, I, the first thing that goes to my mind is how would you do that so that I can understand that they could, you know, they'd have to use some kind of biomarker that differentiates between an Asian and a Caucasian and whatever race that they are. And so, the, it, but it's not going to be a hundred percent accurate. No, meaning it won't be. that let's say, you know what I'm saying? Because there's a crossover between the Caucasians having that and the Asians having it. And that's what I'm trying to figure out unless they can 
um, unless you have a computer, you know, you have a computer program that's actually implemented with nanotechnology into the antivirus that can do some comparisons of their genome. I don't think you can do it at a precise level. You're going to have to zoom out and it's going to be more, it's going to be a huge overlap that's going to hit Caucasians as well as Asians. Um, yes and no. This is the way it was explained to me. When I wrote the article, I was contacted by some people and they said, your laymanship is showing, Dave. And I said, so enlighten me. And what some people who are experts in the field told me, and they weren't willing to go on record, but what they said was you can do what uh, Wee Fang said, but you also have, you know, someone's half Chinese, half uh, uh, West European. And he said, this is where it breaks down. And he said, and you'll have some breakdown in this. He said, but generally they think they can get it about 80% correct. Uh, so <laughs> because and that's what I was saying, they're going to go after a, um, a specific biomarkers that are generally with Asians and not with Caucasians, but because back in our genome, you know, we, we all share some characteristics because if you go back enough generations, we're going to share those markers. And so the, the 80% makes sense. Yeah, well, you know, too, just when you have herd immunity, too, I mean, to any virus, you usually have 10 to 20% immunity when people are exposed. Oh, yeah. Uh, but with these, um, and also, too, it was told to me that the best way to do it would be introduce the initial pathogen, have it mutate to more serious forms, and then burn out. But off of that would be the vaccines, and the vaccines could be the transmitter of the um, oh, the real wow. deadly virus, the ones that's, bio, that's biospecific. And uh, that, that's well, what, what I'm seeing with, I was going to say, well, I don't mean to cut you off, but no, what I was just, what somebody, a scientist sent to me was the vaccine actually made us more, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, meaning, meaning that we were more susceptible to the next virus that came out. So let's say if they gave us a vaccine, the next SARS, SARS virus that came out would really nail us. So it's almost like it's prepping us for the next virus. Well, yeah, and it depends what they put in the adjuvants. Um, we, we saw this going back to 2009 with the H1N1. If they put high levels of squalene in, for example, it compromises the immune system. So you're exactly right, and, and they can do this. But the source I talked to said if he were devising something to wipe out America, to basically commit genocide, he said that what he would do is have it contained in the virus. I mean, not the virus, I mean the vaccine. And he said that would be the most efficient way to do it. You make the vaccines mandatory. And uh, we practiced this in 2009. I had, uh, I grew up in Colorado and two of my former schoolmates were in law enforcement. And they both contacted me and said that they were doing um, DUI roadblock style vaccination drills. In other words, you'd be on some list or they'd scan you and they would show whether you had the vaccine or not. They didn't. You boarded the bus and went to a quarantine center. And they were both really disturbed by this. And DHS was in charge of that drill. So we've already rehearsed this at one level. So, yeah. Well, and that's why I like what I'm doing with Sherry Edwards, who's the bioacoustics. She has the bioacoustics um, institute where there are solutions to these problems with frequencies. Mm -hmm. And we know MIT, John Hopkins, uh, Mayo Clinic, they're all working on it, but she was she's ahead of them by 15 to 20 years because she was born with that mutation where she can hear 200 times better than average humans, but she's also 
very, very educated in the sciences. Uh, she, she essentially has a PhD, but she never did her final, um, her final thesis work because she, nobody really, it, why, you know, <laughs> she was so far ahead of everybody and nobody understood her really. I mean, people right around her respected what she was doing, but so she's, she's just so far ahead of everybody. She's getting older now, which is really awful because she's such a gem in society, but we're working on, she already has the frequencies figured out for this virus and she's working on the sound file and we want to get it to people in China and elsewhere so that they can and it's such new science people can't get their head wrapped around it and most people can't understand science like this unless it's like one step ahead of what they're doing not like huge leaps as if this is but MIT did a just did a research report saying that they converted DNA to music and then back again I saw that so I mean it's essentially that yeah it's that concept but she's so far ahead of everybody and uh, you know and still that she's ahead I'm concerned because the virus is mutating so much and the mixture of the sound file is, is putting out the right frequencies and stuff. We're going to have to do a little bit of on the field testing back and forth. And I, I just don't want it to hurt the image of what we're doing, but this could be a solution long-term for so many of these problems, because if we're going to be doing forced vaccinations, maybe there's a solution like this that we can say, hey, wait a minute, we don't need your vaccinations because we have this and we know it works. And I know, like you do, they don't listen to us. But if there's enough top scientists and enough people who are educated that can get to the point where they understand the power of this, then maybe we have a chance. I don't know. It's, it's well, at I, least something that is a solution that, go ahead. Yeah, you don't have to convince me. I've yeah. been there for a long time. Um, when I was a young psychology instructor, I showed a video, it was actually a 16 millimeter film to show you how long ago it was, I think it was 1980. And in that, uh, this guy named Jose Delgado was a Spanish physiologist and he did a bullfight and he held a transmitter that uh, sent out electrical waves to the limbic system, the emotional centers of the bull's brain. So as the bull charged him, he pressed the transmitter and the bull got very calm and walked away. And then he was brought over to Yale and he did more experiments and he could uh, get people to be enraged or very calm and passive he was treating epilepsy mm -hmm. and then he went to work for the cia and it all disappeared from the public arena uh but but so this is my introduction to frequencies changing behavior and that's a short jump to saying well it's affecting cells in the limbic system why can't it affect cells with regard to healing and illness and pathology and to me it makes perfect sense yeah, and everything is a frequency. Protein has its own fre frequency. Um, all the different, everything has its own frequency. I don't understand it. I understand the big concept, right? We understand the big concept. But understanding it to the level she does, obviously, I don't understand it. But um, I, I'm smart enough to be able to say, okay, this is going to work, and let's figure it out. And uh, especially, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, when I was in the, when I was in graduate school, took about the standard theories of personality class and our instructor was fascinating she was from india originally and she talked about in the aravaic how they said every cell has its own frequency and she said someday this will prove mm -hmm. to be uh, very important for healing and treatment of illnesses and that really caught my attention because i already knew about jose delgado and i asked her to explain it and she goes, well, my brother works for MIT and they're working on this, but he's on, on a non-disclosure agreement and he can't discuss the details. So this has been worked on for a very long time.
Well, and that's what makes Sherry such a gem is that she's so far ahead of them and is sharing it with the world instead of being what they are and they're closing it off and saying, we're the only ones that get to see this. You know, it, it's, it, it, she's working for humanity. If you were going to devise a virus to thin out the herd, just hypothetically speaking, and you knew that this frequency approach was the best way to be um, immune to the effects, would you share it with the public? I don't think so. Well, exactly. So, well, and she's she's a humanitarian. Yeah. And But, but they aren't. They no. don't. I don't. But you know what? A lot of these scientists that work at MIT are. They don't know what they're part of. And they'd be horrified if they knew they were part of this. Well, they, the way that you control they're that just, is just they're, they're useful idiots. Yeah. Well, you, they compartmentalize yes, everything. So they only know what the part they're working on is. They don't see the overall picture. Well, and they're useful idiots. They just scientists are notoriously useful idiots because they just love their science so much that they just think the positive of it, and they're not they they don't think about the fact that there's so many negatives that it you know the people don't, they just can't imagine that people would do this because scientists are optimists, most of them, right? You always get the Doctor Stranges in the world, but the most scientists that I've worked with are just optimists until you realize, holy cow they're actually taking this great technology and science and using it against us. They're weaponizing it just like they are doing with information. You know, that was the beginning of my field or my career was in all that. And I, I started to realize I was an optimist. I was young and naive and, Oh my God, think of the things we can do with this information. We could be a hundred years into the future. And I was so excited. And then I started learning what they're actually doing with it because these these guys that are in charge of everything, they just want to use it to maintain their control and to take advantage of people and to make more money. A lot of scientists don't think that way, and that's why they become easy targets and for these people to use. It's really kind of sad, but it's true, and they need to wake up and learn. And that's why your show and, and the Internet and people getting this truth out there is so important because the people that – to wake up are the ones who are giving the gifts to the wrong people um yeah but that's by design <laughs> that's unfortunate but it's by design um advances well, don't get made because they don't by government well i think they do get made they're just not they're not um supported and are snuffed out there you go that's because for example sherry edwards yeah, because Sherry Edwards is making advances all the time, but she is, she's a genius, probably one of the foremost experts in the world that we have right now, just a gem, and how can she not get anywhere? I have other scientists as well that are making amazing advancements, and they should be funded, you know, cancer, treating cancer, and treating all these things, and they should be funded uh, we should all of our resources should be going to these people, but they're not, and so that's the they're just not funded. They're not they're snuffed out. It's it's um, and as humanity and what that says is, we have to learn that this is the situation, so that we can start taking our power back and giving it to those who really should be given the resources, and start understanding what the situation we're in. But it's controlled to the purse string level. And I can tell you that having worked for a university, 
I didn't see it so much at mine, but I saw it in my inner relationship with other professors at other universities. And I'll give you an example. Let's say that you wanted to do a study on Tai Chi and its effect on anxiety and depression. They have demonstrable effects on this. Try to get funding for it. You won't because usually it's big pharma that's funding studies like that. They're not going to fund anything that doesn't make them money. And the government won't fund anything that doesn't fit into their, shall I say, propaganda paradigm. And so people like Sherry are left to self-fund. And how far can you go with that? Well, but it's not the end of the world. It's not the dire because what's happening is when with Trump doing the right to try, it's really created a boom. And what people will do, because I know that human trials happening is, you know, cost two billion to put a new thing out there versus, you know, like a new cancer treatment or something. But what people, how they're getting around some of this is, is there's a couple of things they're doing. They're going to other countries and they're working in, in, on, in vet clinics they're working with dogs and cats and things and doing trials with animals and then they get it work flushed out and then some of the best medicine is with the um, vets and then they go to other countries do trials there because it's cheaper and then they're doing the right to try and so this right to try is one of the best things that has ever happened in our country and I, you know, I, I have a show that I'm airing pretty soon of, of a um, company that is using your own um, stem cells, but it's your fat stem cells, right? It's your own. It's not like a, the human. They're not doing that stuff. What they're doing is they're taking your own stem cells, inserting it into um, your joints and your muscles, and, all, and they're getting people out of wheelchairs. They're rheumatoid arthritis. They're curing rheumatoid, I'm not going to say curing, but they're reversing rheumatoid arthritis. I mean, they're doing these amazing things because they're able to take advantage. They first were working in um, in, uh, in Bahamas because the Bahamas, that government was was working with them. But as soon as the right to try laws came, they were, it opened the doors for them to do it here because they had enough human trials. They had over 300 people that went through this. And so now they can show that this stuff works and they're doing it here. It's, it's, it's amazing. There's some great things going on and that's what that law ushered in. And so we have to just understand that there are people aren't going to allow this to totally hold us back when 8 million people are dying a year of cancer and things. It's like the uh, what do you call it? The Harry Tubman, you know, the Underground Railroad. We can't allow we can't just allow 8 million people to die. We're going to find a way to get around this BS. I mean, how can we allow big pharma to just kill off people because they say they are better than us? No, we're going to find alternatives. I mean, people are even talking about putting clinics on international waters and also that's the kind of things people do. You got to figure out how to get around the system. And then you have to get laws passed like what uh, Trump did with his right to try. Right to try is enough to really start to open up and this cracks are forming in the system. And I'm telling you, I know so many doctors and uh, scientists that are using this right to try to make a difference. But we can't allow them to shut us down. So if you're working with vet, vet clinics and dogs and cats, that's 20 million compared to 2 billion to do some of these trials. And I mean, you can, we can do that. We can make things happen with that. But the two billion, yeah, you're right. Big Pharma completely locked everyone out with making it cost two billion just to do a basic trial. That's ridiculous. No, you're absolutely right. And and I like how you're looking at the positive side of a populist movement in medicine because right now we're in the dark ages. 
we, I mean, if you look at cancer in, in the public domain in terms of treatment, we've made negligible improvements in 40 years. That's inexcusable for the money that we're spending. And that tells me things are being held back. And it's the only common sense conclusion I could reach. And, and, and we do know about frequencies and cells. This stuff is out there. It's not like it's hidden knowledge. You could spend a day on the internet going through it and learn a lot. So then why isn't it being worked on by big pharma? See, that's, that's really who's controlling the show. But I don't think it has a lot to do with the virus here. I'm going to focus on the virus for a second, too. How bad do you feel it's going to be here? Do you have a sense of it yet? You know, I my gut says it's not going to be that bad. But based on how bad it is in Wuhan, I, it's bad in Wuhan. I just published an article that shows that they're under reporting by, I don't know, it's like 25 deaths so far as of the end of January is what we think the real numbers are based on tenant, you know, their big, um, the big conglomerate uh, data company was posting stuff as of the middle of uh, January and then they post it and take it down. I don't think that's by accident. They said it was an accidental leak. Taiwan has been publishing all that. I don't think it's accidental. But that's huge under, and that's not even, that's just what numbers they have because they're taking bodies to the crematorium and they're not, they're, they've banned funerals because there's too many of them. I mean, it's, they've, they're making 19 makeshift hospitals, temporary hospitals just in Wuhan. I, okay, so if that got out and the mayor said that probably about 5 million people who, who might have been infected have gotten out. So will it hit us? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I had somebody send a, a message to me that she was um, a nurse in an emergency room, and she said they were coming back from another country that was affected by, uh, there's something where they had to be diverted, and they went through Wuhan, and um, and then they had picked up people, and then they went back, and she said that there were some sick, sick people, and it infected everybody. And she said there was like a half a plane of sick people that came into the United States. And that's what she said. I don't know. I can't vet that. But I wouldn't doubt it if there's a lot more going on here than what our government is reporting. Well, what I do know is this. Uh, and this comes from people on the inside. The CDC, DHS, DOD are having meetings as we speak to decide what the rules are going to be. The rules of engagement for this and I've received things I, a guy who used to be the lead attorney for Pompano County in Florida sent me something who said his relatives who are involved in this work biological warfare are basically told we're going to be under total quarantine so, if it happens like we'll be under what Wuhan is happening they won't do the whole country right or are they going to do they're going to do it city by city or what did they say that I don't know are they going to regionalize it? Um, is it going to be specific to each metropolitan area? I Listen, that part is, I think, the part that's being worked out. What I do know... And, <laughs> you weren't in the many, You weren't in the meeting to get oh, the exact details? unfortunately, I wasn't in the meeting. And, and uh, my sources aren't in the meeting, but they're getting the hand-me-down directives. So this is what they know. And, and what they know is nothing's been decided. But one of the things they are considering, and, and I, I was told this before I knew about these meetings... That uh, acting director Gaynor of FEMA told Trump, 
we need to be considering home confinement for quarantine. Can't leave. Well, I wouldn't doubt that, right? Uh, Yeah, I I mean, that's what they're doing in Wuhan. Yeah, exactly. That's what they're doing in Wuhan. But what they're doing there is they have, okay, it's a place where they have no right to carry guns, but all their authorities are walking around with guns, forcing people, you know, to stay in their homes and so forth, which to me scares the hell out of me and tells me why we need our Second Amendment. But beyond that, the and I talked to you about this the other day about the video that was going around showing people being, you know, they they were shooting and so there was one guy that was on the ground that looked like he was shot in the neck and the face, but uh, they are um, forcing people in the homes. And I had a person who I believe from Denmark that was part of this, like your sources that would be. Um, in there planning FEMA and and things, but this is in Denmark. And he said that all the Western countries have these protocols because he works with WHO and and so forth. He said that what they do in a situation like this where the system is overwhelmed, because in Wuhan the system is overwhelmed. If the system's not overwhelmed, then they use the system and, and things tend to work. But once it's overwhelmed, they have a priority list. They say, okay, people who are useful, who they think they can save, come first. Second group, priority. People who are sort of useful, who they think they can save, come second. And then there's everybody else. And the guns come out to control everybody else. And they would not be afraid to shoot you if you're going to put anything in jeopardy, period. And he said that's the, the Western protocol, just like what they're doing in Wuhan. So people who are going, oh, my God, you know, I don't think this could ever happen here. Look how bad China is. And China is a you know authoritative, centrally controlled society, but don't be fooled that they won't do that here. And the only thing that's saving us is we have our Second Amendment rights. And so, if the authorities get out of control and become thugs, and you know, I don't think they're the most the the most expert people in our country are not necessarily going to be these guys. We know big pharma forcing vaccines they're not the experts they just they have the power not the expertise there's a difference and so we can't be fooled that's why this frequency thing that i'm working with is so important because i don't want them to tell us what we need to do if we have a solution that is way better because they are not as smart as they think they are or want to tell everybody they are yeah, okay I, i'm off my soapbox a little bit be, yeah, well, <laughs> I, well, I think you said it well, but I don't think it's going to be the field operatives that make the decision. They're simply going to enforce the wishes of oh, the absolutely. higher ups. And when you have um, uh, the CDC owns the patent to Ebola, for example, when you enter into the mm-hmm. money making profit, all bets are off. And you mentioned about uh, uh, the triage that you mentioned about the protocols they'll use to decide who they're going to treat and not treat. Uh, along those lines, if you look at Executive Order 13603 out of the Obama years, they talk about conscripting medical personnel or anybody else that has a useful service, and they can decide not to pay you or to pay you, uh, and they can take you away from your family. They can separate families based on need for service. Yeah, are you useful to us, and are you not? And you're not, you're a baby or whatever, and so you're not, but your father is because He's a scientist. Well, start doing that and start taking away scientists' families, and you're not going to have anybody going. So I do know, because my dad used to be, um, he was 
head of the Army Corps of Engineers for the Midwest. And back in the 80s, he was the, if there was a catastrophe, he was the civilian engineer that would be in charge. So if there was no, if, if other people died or whatever, he would have been in charge of the area from a professional standpoint. And so at that point, my, my family was tracked, my, my parents and stuff by the CIA and whatever. But anyways, he said that families were also protected along with the scientists because the last thing that the last thing you need you should do is take that family away from that scientist because most people will say screw you and go with their family and so they know that and so they protect the family as well that was back in the 80s those protocols could have changed we'll see um because that's not the way this executive order reads but you got to remember who the author was it was obama and he did yeah, nothing no. good for the family when he was in office. So, uh, yeah, there's a point of contention, but the virus itself, um, would you agree there are so many analysis of the virus, it's hard to really get your mind around what we're really dealing with? Yes, and that's why I try to use the scientists that I trust, and I'm not going to go off of just stories from the press or the media because I don't necessarily trust any of that. I don't even trust a document that comes out because I don't know if it's fed for purposes of misinformation. And so all I'm doing right now is going with what the scientists that I trust are saying about this and and that's it. So I'm right with you where I don't trust everything. I don't think we're going to know for a while. Well, what was it, those Taiwanese figures uh, based on what their observations of mainland China? And would they say, I- I'm off on my numbers, but the proportion will be... twenty About 25,000 deaths yeah, so far. versus and about 400, and people in Taiwan did screenshots mm-hmm. before they corrected it. Yeah. Exactly, it, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and so the truth was obfuscated right there. And uh, I think Mike Adams published a really good article about that in... And I'm thinking, yeah, you can't trust anything that they tell you. You know, I'll be honest with you. If this thing sweeps through America, I will self-quarantine. I'll, I'll just stay in the house. How about you? I, well, I'm going to build. I, I don't. If you build up your immunities, I really think that you are going to be okay. I I don't think. Although I've, I've been told there's some there's like a scientist who was 34 that died and stuff. I think the majority of the people who are young or they're they're not older, you know, they're not elderly with immune problems or sick with immune problems or babies and things that haven't developed their immunities yet. But if you're in that middle group who have a strong immunities, you've been focused on eating good, you've been building up your immunities, I think you're going to be fine. It's the people who are immune deficient. And these vaccines don't help that. These multiple drugs that everybody's on does not help that. And so get off all these multiple drugs if you can and get on to, like Dr. Joe is a toxicologist that I have on. He talks, he has this whole project that helps people get off drugs. $150 for six, zero to six drugs and 250 over six drugs. And if you can't afford it, he figures out a way to do it without charging you to get people off all these drugs and to come up with natural alternatives and to, and just make it help you get healthy. Those are the things people need to do because that's your best bet of surviving this thing. And as far as staying in my home, 
yeah, I'm going to stay away from public places. I'm going to tell my kids to stay away from public places. But I'm not so worried just because I'm working so hard on my immunities, my family's immunities, and staying healthy. I haven't been sick. In, well, okay, I was sick when I interviewed a, uh, a survivor of ritual, sac- you know, ritual abuse. It was really hard for me. And I was so affected by it that that was the first time in the period of like eight years was the only time I got a cold and was sick. And it was a week. I was so upset with this interview that I did and how much it affected me that I actually got sick. And other than that, I haven't been sick in like eight years because I've been focused on it. Um, and I and I probably would get this, but I think I would recover. Um, so I'm not as worried, but I'm worried for everybody else. That's where I'm at. Okay. I'm worried for me. I'm in reasonably good health, but still, the mutations are the great unknown. And um, you're right with that. We don't know how it's going to affect us. And, you know, if you look at like Weefang's projection, eventually we want to wipe you all out. And that's the official communist doctrine. Then I, I don't think what we're seeing now in China is the kill shot. But I think the kill shot could be coming. The question is, and this is what I ask a lot of virologists that I said, um, if this isn't the kill shot, would it take a, a second virus? And they said, well, of course it could. But they also said mutations could achieve that as well, too, if you could program the mutations in, in the form of bioweapon. Have you come across anything like uh, that would resemble what I was just told? I have not, but I have come across something that said that the vaccines would set us up for being sitting ducks for the next one. How about, and that's what I saw, and I was like, ooh. How about 5G making it worse? Because Wuhan instituted 5G at about the same time this virus got loose. I saw that, and and I've had a lot of my listeners ask me to cover that because it is very plausible. Because what it does is it... um, what it does is it compromises your immune system, but this virus attacks your immune system as well. We looked at the, you know, I've been working with Sherry on what it does and the biomarkers that attacks your immune system. It, it, there's multiple things that it attacks. It also has multiple AIDS. It's like the AIDS virus. It has some of those similarities, but she also said from a frequency standpoint, the frequencies that would normally help it also create her, it's other things. It's made to that the solution will create a problem. And so she had to, time of ever, anything she's ever done, where she had to come up with a new solution that would counteract the problem that the solution creates other problems. And um, so it's been, it's a really creative virus. It's bad. And, and so a normal, somebody who doesn't understand frequencies to the level she does could create more problems just with their solutions if they try to do some of these solutions with frequencies. Have you looked into the origin of the, um, I'm trying to think of the way to express it, the uh, bioweapon nature of this virus? Have you looked into the origin? Have you discovered anything there where it came from? Well, you know, they're saying the bat thing and they're saying the market and so forth. Well, uh, okay, let me tell you some official things that I have heard is that the uh, the source is if it came from the market first, then it also came not from them. Then there's multiple sources because the one of the first victims that was administered was never at that market. 
that came from a scientist who contributed to the Lancet Journal and said that there's multiple sources of this virus. So I heard that. So that means that was it released and dispersed or was it just multiple? I mean, I don't know. There's something about a multiple source thing here, which I think is interesting. I think it's um, telling that there's a bioweapons lab next to it, right? Because we all know this is a bioweapon. That, or shall we say, we all know this was lab created. So, the, and probably, yeah, obviously a bioweapon, because who would create something like this that wasn't a bioweapon? So they created a bioweapon. Who released it? I'm not ready to jump to that. Um, because I think that this is an example of where you can't trust the documents, you can't test the media, and I'm not sure if we're going to know the source for a while. I think there's going to have to be a lot of investigation on that. I think the most important thing is to solve the problem that we have going on right now, but it's important for long term for us to be able to figure out where it really initiated so we can stop it from happening. But let's be real here. It can happen anywhere, and if the Chinese thinks it happened by the United States, they're going to be pissed and they're going to try to retaliate either by, you know, our software, a software re retaliation, a bioweapon retaliation. I mean, they're going to, you know, retaliate. And I don't know. I, I just, we're so stupid. And I think it's not necessarily our government as much as it's this global cabal that we all talk about, which is obvious. I think there's things that are happening and conversations happening that are, uh, above, I shouldn't say above our government because they're not. They're just a-holes that think they are. But they're powerful people only because they have money and they are the ones that are making this stuff happen. I don't think it's our governments. I think our governments are victims of this stuff as well. But well, I, I could think be elements that. serve these people, elements in our government or holdover elements in our government that yes. we call the deep state. Um, I, I think they're yes. complicit. I'll give you something that's really interesting that's out there right now. And this just broke yesterday. I broke the story from an inside source in the FBI that was getting pressure to destroy the 44,000 Seth Rich emails that are related to Ukrainian arms mm -hmm. dealings, not just uh, Bernie Sanders' uh, stolen election in 2016. Oh. And um, it's interesting, Sarah Carter on Fox News basically broke the same story I did six hours earlier. So it tells me there was multiple releases. But let me tell you what I do know. Hunter Biden was on a shell corporation subsidiary of Risma, and he owned 49% of the company, yep. and they sent F-35 technology to China. And now uh, Grassley and Johnson, two separate Senate committees, are looking into Hunter Biden's travels, and they want to know, one, was he on Air Force One or Air Force Two? That's either Biden or Obama, because I, I know they're talking about 2015. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to just jump to the end here. If you play this out to its possible logic end, there's an avenue for investigation into the following. Did we give China the technology to do what they're doing now? And I, I posed this to an RSOF general retired who lives not too far from me. And I asked him, I said, would there be any purpose for China to do this to themselves? He goes, yeah, overpopulation, don't have to feed as many people. And if it comes to America, it destabilizes the economy and Trump loses the election in China and the Democrats are happy. And I thought, whoa, I hadn't thought I about just, that. I just, I don't know. Yeah, so what I'm saying is there's an yeah, avenue of I, investigation I don't know. there. 
I think there's an avenue, of, uh, absolutely, especially with, I just put out a um, a new show today with the whistleblower coming out of Burisma, who is a accountant executive who wants to get asylum either in Russia or the United States, and has a stack of documents on all the, um, the, the different holding companies, the people mm-hmm. involved, all of it. And, um, but only about, they were using it as a money laundering arm for the aid that was coming through and kickbacks and all sorts of things. And this will just totally blow the lid off of that with actual documents and who was involved. They're scared to death, those people, because it it implicates so many of the movers and shakers in Washington, D.C. And so they don't want this information out. But I wouldn't doubt if they're sharing these kinds of weapons with other countries. I think it needs to be investigated. I have a hard time. I mean, it could be an element of the Chinese government. They have corrupt elements just like we do. But I don't think normal part of the Chinese government would ever want this because of how how severely it's impacting their economy, just their whole way of life, just everything. This is going to be very traumatic for them to overcome. And so the normal government, it'd have to be some far out there, you know, faction who is an enemy of their state, essentially. Because yeah. we would view anybody that would do this to us purposely as an enemy of our state, right? I mean, they would be, yes. we'd be all be horrified. But we could see that, we could have a facet that would do it here, too. And we'd all be horrified by it. And we would say, well, they're not part of us. But in reality, I guess they are. But no, we're going we're gonna to get rid of them and we're going to peel out that cancer. And I think if they did it internally, they it's their cancer that they need to fix. But I... I, I think anything with the craziness, I mean, it's like we've all gone down this rabbit hole and we're all in wonderland, right? Exactly. I, we just, oh my, we, all these things that are happening, it's just crazy. But what happens when crazy people get a hold of technology? Technology is really advanced. And so we have to keep this stuff out of the hands of crazy people. We have crazy people. The Chinese have their own crazy people. And so we just got to really be better at get rid of getting rid of corruption and if we don't this is what we're up against right i mean it's the end of humanity if we don't get rid of this level of corruption and craziness at the top well you remember it, when i they, mean it just it, is what it is when uh, we exploded the first nuclear bomb um, einstein expressed the concern that the atmosphere could rip away and we'd all burn up as into cinders and and we did it anyway and, and I think that it's logic be damned. If we've invented it, we're going to use it. And I think common sense goes out the window with these people. I mean, I have never seen restraint from the scientific community when it comes to weapons. I really haven't. Yeah, they're and crazy. They're crazy. I don't and, trust and them. So, yeah. Whoever did this, this is why I have a hard time saying who did this necessarily, because it's somebody's nut that did this, right? I mean, I don't want to claim the nut job is the United States' nut job. It's some some nut groups of nuts that are extremists that did this. And we just have to figure it out. And as a world community, we have to cure that cancer. Because you don't kill millions of people with a bioweapon unless you're crazy. I mean, because these are innocent people that they're taking out. This isn't soldiers. These aren't, you know, it's not a war. These are the most innocent people that they're killing. Children and babies, you know, the young and the old. It's just unbelievable. I'm sure you've seen the quotes from globalists like Ted Turner. We need to reduce the population to 500 million. 
and uh, all the yeah, irrelevant that. quotes that we see. And, and to me, I'm taking them at their word. So do I think there's a mentality on this planet that would embrace this? Yes. Is this what we're dealing with? I don't know yet. But I think we need to prepare for the worst. I mean, if you ask me where it came from, I'd say a rogue element of DARPA. If this story is true and it went to Ukraine and then they packaged it to to uh, China. And I do, I mean, Hunter Biden's only part of this. We're looking at other groups that were involved in transfer of weapons to China. And uh, I'm telling you, there's something to this that doesn't feel right to me. Um, the Chinese are thought to have been rather low level in terms of bioweapons. They weren't sophisticated in it. And this is a very sophisticated virus. Would you agree with that? Well, yeah. And that's what we're seeing. Our, my scientists I'm talking to are saying, wow, this is, we haven't seen anything like this. That's what's scary. I mean, and that to me speaks to someone at the very highest levels. To me, it comes down to one of two groups or both. Uh, Israeli oriented or um, are DARPA oriented, American oriented. Because I believe we're, we're the only two, maybe Russia, but uh, I think we're the only two that have the, the technology to, to develop something like this. Certainly not the Chinese. I think it, it's some craziness, some crazy backer and crazy. I, I don't know what crazies did it. I, I think the Chinese could have stole it, like the Canadian uh, lab, and there could be Chinese spies and all sorts of stuff. I think there could be an element of that. Could be. But again, it's who, whose crazies did this? I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think you're right, unfortunately. Well, unfortunately, it just... <laughs> you know, I, we're dealing with something very... Yeah. You know, I, we're dealing I, with something very serious. I said to my wife last night, I said, I don't have the answer. And I'm not attaching myself to a single conspiracy theory. But given the bizarre nature of this virus, we have to be open to any possibility because we've never seen anything like this. I mean, and the other thing is, too, and you're absolutely right. When you said Wuhan, their bioweapons lab is there. If this came out of the Fort Detrick area, what would people be saying? That we engineered it and released it. Absolutely. They would say that. That's why I just don't believe anything right now with I know. who the source was. Somebody sophisticated and somebody crazy. I know. And this and is a the, good then pass a, that. This is a really good note to yeah. end on because we are flat out of time, but I wanted to give you an opportunity to tell people how to listen to your show and follow your good work. Okay, well first, thank you so much. This has been a great conversation. I actually <laughs> learned a lot from you today. Same and here. uh you can go to sarahwestall.com. Or I'm, you know, so my show is called Business Game Changers, but you can find it under my name, sarahwestall.com. And I have been so happy with um, my podcast. It's growing really well. It's in the top of the charts in most Western countries under business news. And so I've been really happy with that one. And then um, YouTube under my name as well. And you can find me all over the place. And thank you so much, Dave. I really appreciate that work that you're doing. Keep doing it. I know you're censored. I know that you're having a heck of a time like the rest of us. But this information needs to get out there. It's really important. It Sarah, thanks so, so much thank for you being generous for all the with your time and your you expertise. Do. Well, we'll be in touch. Thank you, Sarah. Okay. You're welcome. Hey, everybody else, uh, thanks for joining us. We'll see you back here again tomorrow.